Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Voulez-Vous with Zach and Steve. On today's episode, we talk about the incredible album cover, Arrival by ABBA. Are you recording? When I kiss the teacher. When I kiss the teacher. <laughs> you got the riffs, my friend. When I kiss the teacher. Wow. Uh, let me tell you something about me, which is uh, John put it best when he said we were driving to Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And John said to me, Steve, written on your tombstone, it's going to say, quote, Steve, who was always afraid of singing the melody line. <laughs> oh, which I can't hear a song without wanting to like Dixie chick the fuck out of it and stack every <laughs> harmony on top. Like, well, especially I on car trips. I get that way too. Oh, so you're, it's more you're... fun to sing the harmonies. Of course. You know, there's already a melody happening a lot of the time. If you're listening to a record. Yeah. And you want to show off, be like, I'm not, I just don't know the words. I also know. I know how melody works. Yeah, I just don't think like in the box like you. I want to sing the harmonies. I took my coloring book and I just took the red crayon and I went outside of all the lines. Yeah. I feel like people need to hear this because we were just talking about it before ahead of time. The reason I went to Columbus was to see One Direction in concert. Yes. And I will tell you, listeners, a.k.a. my mom, that One Direction is incredible. I'm so glad you enjoyed the show. I I listened to all of their albums on like in a row yesterday when I was rearranging the apartment, and they have not made a bad album. Their first one's a little dodgy. It's a little. How many have they heavy. made? Four. Wow, it is great stuff, Zach. I would have no idea. Everyone should listen to at least their most recent one because it sounds like Brian Adams and or Bruce Springsteen. It's incredible. I don't know why, but every time you say One Direction, I picture Nick Jonas. Huh. Who is Why? not a member of... I don't know, because he's just like what a white pop guy looks like to me, I guess. Interestingly enough, I saw uh, Jonas Brothers in concert like four years ago. I cried at that one as well. I cried two times <laughs> during the One Direction concert, and I think I cried maybe, maybe two times during the Jonas Brothers mm-hmm. concert. That one was great, because it also had Demi Lovato in the cast of Camp Rock 2. Do you want to talk about Arrival? This is a great album. This is a great album. This is their first great album. Yeah, yeah. It's exciting. And I have to say, I I think I'm realizing uh, as we go along that, I mean, I don't know, because I haven't listened to all of ABBA's albums yet, which is part of why we're doing this show. But I'm, I suspect that they don't have a perfect album. They don't seem like a band that can have a perfect album. But this might be as close as you can get. This gets really It's like close. an 85% on Metacritic. Yeah. Yeah, I on, looked, on I looked this up Critic or whatever. on Metacritic. Arrival uh-huh. has an 85. Wow. I'm I just kidding. It. Nope. Yeah, you didn't. I did not look it up. I hate it when you lie what to me. What are those sweet strains coming through our microphones? Is that? Someone's oh listening to God. some music on the street. What That's is it? That's Anyeta. She... She is so She keeps mad. showing up to my house. This is so... Un- <coughs> go back to the horse Go farm. back. And ye- oh, my God. Uh, ride, go ride your goddamn 
horse. She's sitting on her horse right now, playing music through. This is just on her high horse. This. <laughs> looking down her nose at us i painted a gigantic door on the wall <laughs> and then through the magic of love i turned it into a real door and you walked right into the joke <laughs> thank you for that glorious setup uh i should let people know that in front of me i have three abba books i've graduated from one to three steve may be the world's <laughs> foremost resource on abba right now <laughs> Just no, because Robert of the Scott. sheer volume of texts. But he's only written one book. He's only written and one. And you own three. Okay, so here, so one was that library book that I had in the very first episodes. And the I big was guy. like, it's so good. I also want to know about how they made Mamma Mia the musical. Because the second half of the book is all about the making of it. Oh, like, yeah, we should get so, into that. So why did they make that decision? Right. I When I think about that show, by the way, I just think about those girls climbing the wall and throwing their backpacks over. So For some reason, I'm like... That doesn't make sense. They're backpacks. You can wear them on your fucking back when you climb over the wall. Yeah, you can climb mountains with them. You can certainly climb a wall. You can climb every mountain. Do you know what you could also do? every stream. Norwegian. Thank you. That's the Norwegian translation. Uh, so I have Mamma Mia, How Can I Resist You? Uh, which has interviews That's with That's the title Benny of the book. Pe- yeah, it's so great. And then... You As have... always, Abba, Thank You for the Music by Robert Scott. Uh-huh. And then, oh my God. What's this other tome? I went to buy graphic novel, graphic, graphic novels from a Barnes & Noble. And this one is called Abba, The Treasures. Oh, this is and a beautiful cover too. Yeah, the cover is really great. It's the same cover to the Abba biography, which I'm intending to read, called Bright Nights dark days or something like it's bright days dark night something like that uh but this one is made to look like a scrapbook okay uh and it's got these little sections where you can like open envelopes and open like actual like color copies of the original documents dear anafrid dear anafrid i am done with you i am done singing the top line with you always singing the verses because you're an alto and I must sing higher during the chorus because I'm a soprano. And I want to get a whole mess of horses and open my own farm. Love get forever. away from the window, Anyeta. I know, seriously. She just spoke into the microphone. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm she so took over. She was so reading sorry. a letter. Anyeta, hey, our podcast is not I just away. just want to say hello to the listeners. Get, get out. Get out of here. All right. Guys. The listeners, I want to say hello. So... I have three books now to help talk about ABBA Arrival. Why do you think this is such a great record? I think it's, uh, we've talked about the albums having highs and lows, which all of them certainly do. And this one is no exception. And I feel like the lows on this record are a lot less low. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a ghost in Zach's apartment. It's the ghost of Anyeta. No, now I actually feel like we've fucking conjured something. <laughs> Her dead horse. Proud Lincolnberry. <laughs> um, you dishonored my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for blood. Classic blood horse. <laughs> the classic- Sitting in the palm tree is the reason I was able to be purchased by my dear mother. How dare you speak ill of the song. Deep in the woods of Sweden, one can find the Swedish blood horse 
oftentimes wandering among the lichen and moss found on many of the trees here in northern Sweden. Oh, th- sorry, that was a, just a cut to a documentary we watched. We're getting some weird interference <laughs> with the uh, the recording equipment tonight. <laughs> Very strange um, Swedish AM yeah, radio. Yeah, there's, there's almost no lows. I mean, the worst, the lowest of the low is Dum Dum Diddle. Yeah, that's pretty low. I what's but the not what's that the low Hawaii because one the music the is so. Oh, I like Happy Hawaii. Happy Hawaii doesn't need to be there to me. The it wasn't included on the original. It was only included oh, on the okay. two thousand and one reissue. Of that's it. good to know because um, Fernando happens, and I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you end on this? Right. Why do we need one more song? But and I thought it was classic Abba not really understanding how to <laughs> put a record in an order. Nope. The last two. Well, Fernando wasn't even included on the original. Oh, right. So Arrival was the last track on Arrival? Yep, which is great. It's a great final track. Yeah, it is. Fernando, so let's just talk about the chronology. Fernando was originally a song for Ani Fried's solo album. And it was a huge huge hit in Sweden. And they were like, oh, it's so big. We have to do this as ABBA. Because Agneta and... uh, Excuse me, Ani Fried were still recording solo albums in between ABBA albums. And I believe this is the one where they finally realized, like, we're too big. We can't do this anymore. Right. We have kids. We can't do solo careers and have this band. Uh, well, but I Fernando think just... was an Ani Fried song, and they decided to, like, take it for themselves. They released it. Then they did a Greatest Hits collection, uh-huh. um, which went huge and has terrible cover art. And then they did Arrival. So Fernando's, oh, I Fernando see. was like written and done around the same time as this, but it wasn't included. I think it was just included on the greatest hits. Okay. Interesting. What were we going to say? I was going to say that this album, I think, um, just in terms of sales and everything, was the one that kind of made them superstars. They were doing very well up until this point, but this one was like a complete breakthrough for them, I think, internationally. Oh, yeah. They said what was really interesting when I was reading through the different interviews that Australia is the reason they were ever able to go to the table to do other stuff. Really? Because they were so huge with uh, two songs from the last record, SOS and uh, Mamma Mia, were Uh so huge in Australia that they got some kind of bargaining power with all of the different record companies in different places. Right. so though they were huge in Australia the entire time in their career, okay. and then that allowed them leverage in these other places. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there there is this song on this album about being financially uh, having financial hardship and wanting to find a man who will give you all the money you need, which I find kind of funny for such a huge pop group. Yeah, it's like they're. But second- I guess they still weren't that huge at this point. No, I mean they were, they had success. Yeah, they probably didn't like, have any financial woes. A man like that is hard to find. Oh, oof, it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, it's also their second like Marxist money song. What was the one? They had one about like uh, man in the middle. Right. Was their other one where it's like, oh, the guy in his limousine. Yeah. Oh, he thinks he's so awesome. This is their other one that's a little skeptical. And Meanwhile, they, the album cover is the four of them in a fucking helicopter. It is the best. I, this I is your this favorite? As I walked in, yeah. They say here in ABBA, The Treasures, <laughs> uh, Benny on Ab- ABBA's album covers, quote, 
It was never a problem. It had to be done, and some were better than others. Arrival was probably one of the better ones. Huh. One of? Probably? What was better than that? Like, The Visitors is interesting because it's not them. Like, it's just weird. Right. But And it's beautiful. But, like, Arrival is, like, them not looking insane. Right. It's, like, a gorgeous backdrop. And that gorgeous, like, clear, insane 70s helicopter. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful and kind of appropriately overblown and ridiculous. What is over? It's so, like... Because they're in a private helicopter. The four of them. But they're also It's like the last record it. where they're in a limousine. But they're also flying it, so it's not private. They're like, oh, let's fly this helicopter we yeah, just Yeah, that's bought. a good point. There's no pilot in There's there. There's no pilot. Yeah. And they're dressed in, like, what? Bell look? bottoms. Well, it looks like they're all wearing uniforms. They're just like, we're part of the pop military. Hmm. We have to fly our own helicopters now. Pop's foot soldiers. It's a great song, but I'm, as I said last time, I'm really tired of the pedophilia in their songs. Yeah, now this one's interesting because she's kind of fantasizing about kissing her teacher. I think it's sort of implied that this doesn't actually happen, like she's having a dream. Oh, I, I tried to kiss the teacher, but I didn't succeed. Yeah, well, no, I think, I think she's recounting a dream she had. That's how I take it. That she's had this dream about kissing the teacher and all the kids in the class got embarrassed and so did the teacher. It's just... They're such smart, interesting men. And was this the like... Was this the mental image they couldn't escape? Were those the words, when I kissed the teacher, were those the ones who were like, the song won't shake it from me? Right, right. Why? I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, To quote... Robert Scott, he says about this quote, one of Bjorn's favorite ABBA tracks, which proves once again that he was a very strange man. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of strange. The thing I like most about it is that the the first verse before the drums kick in makes you feel like it's going to be kind of halftimey. Oh, yeah. Like a kind of laid back folk number. And then when the band kicks in, it's this double time kind of rockier groove, which I liked. I like arrangement wise. I really like the song. Yeah, it's great. I could do without the, like, phase-shifting, like, psychedelic stuff yeah, in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, uh, That It just seems too much like a batik tie-dye paisley blend. It is. It's got that thing. The beginning reminds me so much of the Eurythmic song, King and Queen of America. Okay, I don't know it. Great song. Cool. Do you like the Eurythmics? I don't really know them beyond... I mean, I feel like maybe if you like pop music, Eurythmics is next. Yeah. Because uh, they, they do perfect pop music and then they also have the weirdest stuff you've ever you could right. ever imagine it's insane uh when i kiss the teacher is great after that track, track two, two dancing Quinn. now i thought this was interesting the first song recorded for arrival i didn't know that yes i read Tell this. Me what you found out what i found out was that it was just the backing track initially 
and they were calling it Boogaloo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's called Boogaloo was its original name. Right. And, and Ani Fried burst into tears when she first heard the backing track. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, it's a really good song. I get it. It has any, that any weird even, thing where the chorus comes first. Well, that's one of my favorite things about this song is that, and I can't think of any song that comes right to mind that does this as effectively, where they have the chorus is right up front, but they don't sing the chorus right up front. So you get this instrumental thing, and the chorus comes in halfway through the chorus. Yeah. So the first thing you hear is, you can dance, you can die. Die. You can die, right. Having I couldn't time get of that life. out of my head today. When I was listening to it, I was like, you can dance, you can die. I will never let go of that because I think it gets at the heart of what Abba understands about life. Yeah, they didn't feel that way. Apparently, <laughs> they, didn't, they, they, didn't. they wanted to keep it a little brighter. Um, yeah, but yeah, I love that. And then you you really get the the fulfillment of that when the chorus finally happens. It's such a brilliant song. It's so great. And I found it really interesting that it's basically top line. You know that they wrote this backing track, had this dummy title for it and then wrote the melody and lyrics over top of this pre-existing thing because it seems like such a well-constructed, seamless song. Yeah. They said about... It's very, very well done as a top-line number. In uh, the Mamma uh, Mia... Mamma Mia, how could I... F- whatever how can I resist you? Yeah. How could I forget you is what I was thinking. Uh, they how say that sometimes you? when they're writing songs, it's like... This is great. Okay, well, what makes sense next? And that the writing of this flowed very easily. Yeah. Like, it was like, they never thought much about it that the beginning started with the chorus. They're like, I, that's just what makes sense. Yeah. And it just went from one section to another, which is great. Some, it, it feels like that in practice. It's It feels like the writing was seamless and flowed beautifully, and the song does. It just takes you on this little ride, and you never... You don't like one of the cool things about them is when they have those scene changes and they take you to really different places. Yeah, 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 yeah. From section to section. But this song, the whole brilliance of this song is that they don't do that. It doesn't do it. And it's one of the rare songs where it doesn't change, the production doesn't change that much throughout it. Not really. But it keeps getting even better. Like, there's not many ABBA songs where they keep that quality throughout a song. Yeah. Um, And it seems like that's the influence of disco starting to creep in. And the best, the best part about, I think, like, one of my favorite reasons to keep listening to this song, one, the beginning starts, and I, n- I never not get excited. I know. I feel like I have the same physical and emotional thrill listening to the song that I first did 17 years, no, like, 20 years ago. When I know I what first you mean. heard it. It's crazy. I know what you mean. Um, But when it does... When one of the girls does that wail at the end, I'm going to assume it's Anyeta because she's the soprano. Mm-hmm. When she's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. That's so great. And, it, yeah. like, it's a really good way to tr- uh, amp up the energy near the end of a song. Yes. Uh, especially when you're uh, doing the same production style and you're just kind of looping these sections. Uh, I think that does something to elevate the song. Yeah. 
You I read a quote from one of the women saying that they, they just hearing the backing track, they all knew that it was going to be massive. Yeah. And I, I tend to think those kind of hindsight things where it's like, we just knew. We just it knew. Was good. I it usually was think that's bullshit, but I feel like I could get that with this song. Yeah. Where once that track is completed, you kind of go, There's, we're already a band that's capable of producing hits. This is going to be enormous. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It's, it's one of those moments in time. It's so good. And something Robert Scott says, which I think is so clever, he might not be the first, but this, when you mentioned disco to people, uh-huh. one of the first songs they say is Dancing Queen. That's true. But this song is not very close to disco at all. They talk about... No. They mention a song called... Let me bring it up. Rock Your Baby. It's a song called Rock Your Baby, which they were listening to a lot in the studio, and they like they loved the rhythm of it. Yeah. And so they tried to like mimic some of it. Uh, but it doesn't even sound that much like Rock Your Baby, which was an early disco hit. Okay. But when people think of disco, they think of this. And one of the songwriters... Either Benny or Bjorn said in the book that like... Uh, when DJs say the floor is dead, they play uh-huh. this and everyone comes back and he's like, that doesn't even make sense. It's like way too, it's like way too slow to be a good dance song. And it's true. It is. Gimme, gimme, this- gimme is a more kind of typical disco song or um, what else is there? They've got those tunes that make you think of disco more. Voulez-vous? Yeah. Comes to mind. Sure. Uh, but yeah, this is the kind of tempo that moms drunkenly sway to it like a baby shower. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you have a crazy week, Zach? I had a nice week. Cool. I actually spent the whole weekend down on Long Beach Island, which was wonderful. Long Beach Island? In New Jersey. What is that? That's where I grew up. Derek and I, actually, my roommate. On Long Beach Island? Long Beach Island. And yet I don't like sitting in the palm tree. Who does? I think that was right up my alley. Okay, let's briefly talk. Happy Hawaii is really nice. I don't... I'm not that into Happy Hawaii. It's fine. It's long. It's just so it's lovely. It's like almost six minutes long. It's not a reggae song, at least. Thank There's God. no reggae song on this record. Thank God. They finally did it. They finally let go of they it. They broke free. I feel so. I felt so afraid with Happy Hawaii because I was like, oh God, it's just going to be like Tropical Loveland. I mean, it's a terrible title. Happy Hawaii? Happy oh, yeah. Hawaii? Not great. Ugh. The other problem is they're so culturally disrespectful. <laughs> what do they say in it that's disrespectful? Hawaii. It's Hawaii. That's oh. how you're supposed to pronounce oh. it. And I know that from season three of American Idol when Jasmine Trias, God rest her soul, because I killed her, uh, she was from Hawaii. And she would always say that in an interview. She'd be like, Hi, I'm Jasmine Trias. I'm from Hawaii. And it's a beautiful. Jasmine island. Triage? <laughs> that sounds like a drag queen. Sounds like a drag queen. She was like a Disney princess, she was not good. She stayed longer than Jennifer Hudson, and I will forever be angry about that. Wow, really? Jennifer Hudson was like top six or seven when she was. Don't booted- feel bad for her; she's doing fine. Yeah, she's fine. Thanks, Jenny Craig. When she was booted off, my roommate and I 
sat angrily on the couch for 20 minutes and didn't talk. We just let the next program on Fox run, and we just crossed our arms and refused to talk. Fucking righteous indignation. Yeah, and then we went to the American Idol Season 3 tour uh, at the Shot and Scene Center in Uh Columbus, Ohio, and we made matching T-shirts that said J-Hud's Boys. Was she there? Did she perform? Oh, yeah, because it's always like the top 10. Okay. Uh, So we made matching shirts that said J-Hud's Boys, and then I made... A big poster by hand that said J Hud for Prez in 04. Wow. And then Nathan made one that said, I want to live in Jenny's world. And we were jumping up and screaming so loudly during her performance, her like first performance in the show, that the security guards told us we were blocking people's views. Wow. Let's, I really took us off on a spin. It's fine. My love, my life. Great. Great. Uh, ethereal, <laughs> ethereal. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The harmonies, Robert's got the his harmonies at the top are really gorgeous. I want to fight him on it. It's incredible. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah. As uh, again, as a as a lyric, as a song, it's a little trite. Who cares? Right. Who cares? And that's not really why you're listening to these. When guys. a song like they nail ethereal so well in the song, ah, it's beautiful. The the vocal stuff is really good. I've been singing that song all day in my head, and then going back to One Direction, then going back to this song. Okay, I have to say, Dum Dum Diddle to me, were it not for the lyric Dum Dum Diddle, I wish I was your fiddle or whatever she's saying. Yeah. Which is the actual lyric yep. to the chorus of the song. I don't mind the song. I thought it was kind of fun. The music is great. wrote the lyrics like exhausted at the end of a long night the morning before they had to record it right which explains why it's terrible that's a great way to write songs when you're (laughs) an enormous pop band take a day guys they take a day so what i found out from these books is they all bought little cabins and houses in this like one island in what is called the stockholm archipelago and so they would like they didn't record on tour they didn't write on tour they didn't write other places. They just wanted to feel like they were safe and comfortable and at home. So they'd write in their little houses and cottages on this huh. island, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and in a in a sleep and stupor one night. Yeah, this. One, I mean, wrote, the dumb, music dumb is really great. It's like it's a really missed opportunity. It's not uh-huh. like the other ones I where agree. like, God, 
lyrics are terrible. The music's not great. What were they thinking? This was like, oh, you missed a shot. Yeah, it's a song where I I looked at the title and I thought, oh boy. Yep. And then I was enjoying myself until the title came back to haunt me. But if you're listening to the lyrics and the verses. Yeah, not so good. It's like someone who's mad that their like boyfriend is Prefers doing the Suzuki fiddle. method. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> but it's got that like nice little like whistle flute in the pre-chorus. Yeah. It's a nice arrangement. I'm not mad. It's got like that driving like intro where it's got like the weirdo synthesizers. It's great. Knowing Me, Knowing You is one of the great pop songs. Of all time. This is probably my top three of Abbas. Yeah. Well, who knows? Top five. No, I, and actually crazy. I read Benny or Bjorn, one of those guys said it's, they think it's one of their top five Abbas yep. songs. So it's it was, flawless. Oh, yeah. And there's nothing, there's no sexier album moment to me than, uh-huh. They didn't realize that this was a thing that they did in their songs. That aha that? appears up. Oh yeah, appears in a number of songs. Really, and I think it was Bjorn because he started to do the heavy lyric writing at this point. Okay, um, he had in his house two prints, and one said ah, and the other one said ha, <laughs> and someone came in and was like, "Really got a thing for that, huh?" And, and he, he said, was what like, do what you are mean? you talking about? <laughs> he was like, uh, it's in all of your songs. And they were like, uh. He didn't realize. And then he was like, I don't know what you mean. And then he wrote, voulez-vous. And <laughs> yeah. He, and he says, like, we didn't notice that that was a common crutch we leaned on. Wow. Because there was just a space in songs. We're like, uh, let's fill it with something. So they Well, fl- and it's such a great uh, language-less moment, you know? It's just emotion. It, there's no translation. There's no anything that needs to be done. Everybody understands. And it sounds great. They take out the aha in Mamma Mia, the play. Oh, right. Which I remember still singing out loud and going, yep. come on. So the first night it played in London, it wasn't in it, but all of the audience sang along. And Benny and Bjorn were so annoyed. They're like, oh, great. Is this going to be a show where everyone sings along? They were like really annoyed about it. Of yeah, you mean, you mean your terrible show except for these great <laughs> songs that everybody loves and they're coming to hear and sing along to? Take it easy, fellas. <laughs> Don't We'd love to have you on musical. the show. We'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> I want to bring you on and admonish you for feeling that way. Well, no, really, like, <laughs> don't write a jukebox musical. That's the whole reason they write these shows. Who's? How else are they going to get fur in the lining of their wallets? Jukebox musical. Right. You got to keep that money cold up there. Yeah, just like Car- that Carol King. Warm, I mean. God <laughs> damn it. Having a tough time tonight. Frosty fur keeps my money very cold. Oh. <laughs> um, that Carol King musical sells out every night. Yeah. That's ridiculous. You think they're like, quit singing along. Quit singing along. This is I Feel the Earth Move, for God's yeah, sake. N- so Knowing Me, Knowing You is when uh, Bjorn was talking about how lyrically he either works from images 
Uh-huh. So he has like a uh, image in his mind and he's constructing the words around that image. Knowing me, knowing you, he had that image of like an empty house and boxes and these like the heavy male steps echoing in this empty house. Uh-huh. And he constructed the song off of that. Uh-huh. Some of them are around a lyric that just won't let go. Okay. So with money, money, money. Like dum dum diddle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, money, money, money was originally written as Gypsy Girl. And they kept trying it with Gypsy Girl, and it didn't work. And he was like, I, I do not want to use the words money, money, money. Like, it's been done before. It's in yeah. cabaret. This already sounds like a cabaret song. It'll sound too on the nose. Uh-huh. But in the end, he was like, the song wants it. So he went with the phrase because it just wouldn't let go of the song. But knowing me, knowing you is an image-filled one. Right. Which is interesting. I think it's all the better for that. It, oh, yeah. It's very effective in communicating that image yeah. to me. And everything about the song sounds so spacious, right? Like, yeah. they've got that, like, mid-level reverb on everything, uh-huh. where everything, like, chimes and echoes, except, you know, the dry 70s drums in it. Yeah. But it's such well, a and beautiful I love, song. Uh, what was the other one? SOS, we were talking about being kind of acoustic-driven, mm-hmm. where the acoustics aren't buried as a texture. It's like, that's the song. Knowing Me, Knowing You has these really prominent acoustic guitars, very beautiful keyboard stuff, great drum sounds. And then really good electric guitar sounds in the chorus. Yeah. That big, oh, that pickup to the chorus. Yep. It sounds really good. It doesn't sound like that kind of faux glam thing that they do once in a while. Yeah. I think it's good, legit pop rock kind yeah. of music. I think it's it's such a great song. And it's really, uh, I feel like the emotion in the song matches what they're doing with the songwriting where yes. like... It's so wistful and terrible, and the pre-chorus is so sad, like, walking through an empty house. Yeah. So sad. And then you get to the chorus, and you're like, you're going through all these emotions, and it starts to feel hopeful. Like, there's those big major chords, uh-huh. like, we just have to face it this time. And you're like, oh, maybe this it's going to be good. This time we're really, really through. That bit. How... This is where they start to get really good with backing tracks, where it's oh, like, yeah, it's you great. can't decide whether you're going to sing the lead vocal or the like really interesting backing track. Uh-huh. They do it on Mamma Mia. But on yeah. this one too, it's like, I want to sing the backing track more than I want to sing the lead vocal. Yeah, it's so great. And the guitar solo is really good. Yep. That they match with the synth line. That thing. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I just love it when a song can go from like major to minor in really inexplicable ways uh-huh. that matches how you're supposed to feel. Oh. What yeah, it does, song. and the way that chorus wraps up feels very major and it's triumphant. The best and, I can do. Yeah, how adult. But the way the music frames that lyric really does feel. It's not sad. It's like, oh well, we did our best. Yeah, it resolves. And just I'm like gonna move on, situations. and everything's okay. Yeah, it's good. Knowing me, knowing you, top five for both of us. Totally. What is next? What money, money, next? money's next. Yeah, it's a good song. And I, I've always felt kind of like. That's one of the big ABBA hits that I feel kind of whatever about. Sure, I like it. Yeah, it's but great. I, yeah. But I don't spend much time thinking about it. Yeah. That's another one where I appreciate the arrangement, but is the, the song next, is not. Is the next that's one me, that's is me? Next. Yeah. I like that yeah, one. I like that one too. John had never heard it when I was playing it today. He just sang the chorus line. And this one, and the what's the song after this? Why Did It Have to Be Me, which I love. Yeah. I think that song's a blast. That's and, me, and why does it have to be me? Has the same song structure as I do, 
where it's just a verse and then a two-line chorus that's tacked right on at the end. Right. Where it's like, and here's the name of the song. Uh-huh. Back to the back to the hook. Yeah. Like, I like that. It's a really easy song structure to do like four to eight lines and then to tack on a two chorus bar structure or mm-hmm. like two line chorus structure. But I really like that's me. Yeah. Even though they say her name is Carrie. Oh, right. They're like, oh, I'm Carrie, though you wouldn't marry me. That's me. What? The rest of the song is good, except the chorus makes. Don't tell me your name's Carrie. I know your name's Anyeta. Just for or the rhyme. Anfried. Just for the rhyme with Mary. Stupid. It's it was cheap. an internal rhyme. It wasn't even an important one. Yeah. That one's great. And why does it have to be me like that one? Yeah, I do like that one. And interestingly, the only male lead vocal on this album. So they're starting to get hip to that, too. Maybe we should let the girls sing most of the time. Yeah. They're babes. They're babes. They sound great. It, they're probably selling our records for us. Yeah. Why Did It Have to Be Me also is a very good song. It's like that thing that we always like when they do, that old rock and roll yep. kind of shuffle thing. When you were lonely, you need a man, someone to lean on, well, I understand. It's only natural, but why did it have to be me? Yeah, and I'm so glad they don't let it go. This is the that's me and why does it have to be me are both like they're not the strongest songs in the album but they're still so good. Yeah. Oh, and they're a lot of fun. They're really they're they're great album tracks. Why does it have to be me sounds like a country song in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's me. Here's my problem. Uh-huh. They found a, I don't know what synthesizer they got for this album. But they synthesized the hell out of this like there's this like great beginning that sounds like a ticky tack piano you're like oh Uh that's me and then this like surging synthesizer comes it's like (laughs) and it does this like chromatic what don't do that the song sounds so good and it's like major key bounciness and then this loud blaring synthesizer doing like a chromatic scale they really love that though they love to do that. I mean, sometimes it's very effective. Like, I love the SOS thing. That feels a little flashy. That Right, but that's like an actual classical sounding riff. This is just like someone went down the like scale obnoxiously. Also, right, that right. one doesn't have a lot of reverb on it. My problem with this is it's like a heavy reverb. Super washy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get this chromatic thing that like really mucks up the song. Yeah. Great song otherwise. Uh, Tiger. Yes! You like Tiger? A song about like urban rape. I like it because it's a terrifying song. It is. It's. A, it is every woman's fear. Yeah. Sung from a woman. Yeah, Two the, of them. The lyrics just a little like, it's a little silly to me to be effective, in sounding kind of menacing and terrifying. It's a little goofy. My one 
my one memory of Abba the movie is them singing this and me being like, I've never heard of this song. I think it's a great song. Maybe Abba the movie should be next. It sounds like we need to uh, well, it's dig into cr- that. Chronology-wise, it's next, yeah. yeah. Let me pull up the lyrics because there's one line where I think it's, I think it's actually beautiful. Okay. It's verse two. Okay, so this is what Tiger says in the second verse. Okay. The city is a nightmare, a horrible dream. Some of us will dream it forever. That's good. That is a beautiful... Some of us will dream it forever. I mean, for people... But read the chorus. Uh, I'll just read the following two lines okay. as well as the chorus. Okay. Look around the corner and try not to scream. It's me! <laughs> I am behind you. I always find you. I am the tiger. People who fear me never come near me. I am the tiger. It's something about I am the tiger that just doesn't quite sit with me. But yeah, I like tiger. Then we're arriving at the end. Arrival. Arrival, which is great. It sounds like bagpipes. What a great soundscape of a number. Now, what I thought was interesting is... So you're saying Fernando was not included on the original release. It was on the greatest Because hits. there's something about Arrival into Fernando feels kind of weird to me. Yeah. That you have this big fade-in soundscape song, that ends, and then another long fade-in on some kind of like Irish penny whistle yeah. thing, and then Fernando starts. But Fernando's a great song. Oh, incredible, yeah. Really beautiful. It makes beautiful. sense to go from like Tiger, which is like a really muscular rock song with pop sensibilities. Yeah into like arrival which is this very like super like dreamy mm-hmm. synth pad sounds like a bagpipe it feels like the background of like the landscape in the arrival cover which is what i like it's a yes. gr- i hate instrumental ends but this one is really fitting it's really good i think this is the first worthy closer for an abba album oh yeah that we've heard so far yeah 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 this is a this as we talk through it, I realize there's no song I dislike. Yeah. Even Dum Dum Diddle, I sing along because it's a great song. Yeah. Except for the stupid lyrics. It's fun. It. I mean, th- there's nothing on here that's like, um, that is unlistenable. Nope. By any stretch. God. It's all at least a good time, even if it's kind of like a clumsily executed good time. It's a fun record. And there are some really, really, really tremendous songs on it. Clumsily executed good time is what every Yelp review about me has ever been. <laughs> How would you rate this album? Steve? 7.5. Wow. 7.5 is really solid in my mind. Yeah, How that would is you rate really it? solid. I might say like a 7. Okay. Interesting. What did, I think we gave Waterloo was like a 6. Maybe a 5. So I would I would knock it up a bit from there. Sure. Yeah. Any last thoughts? I love Arrival. I love Arrival. I had a great time listening to this record. Yeah, it's really great. Um, also, quickly, this is the debut of the ABBA logo, this album. Oh, yes. And it was on accident. Yes. Do you want to tell I the love. story? No, you tell it. No, you probably know it. You nope. read the book. No, shut up. Oh. You tell it. You well, were there. Because well, uh, you're well, a million years old. Okay, so me, so and, old. me and Benny were out at the pub. Just me and Benny and some of the boys, you know, as we do. Oh, and I say... Gordon. I say, yeah, and Gordon. Gordon me, and T.O. Benny, Gordon, and T.O. We're out at the pub in Stockholm. And I say, Benny, babe, <laughs> what's the deal? It's like, uh, what is it, a palindrome? 
What's the deal with the name? It's one letter and then the same letters and then another letter. That was the first one. <laughs> What's this about? You got to do something with this. You got to make it a little more interesting. And he said, oh, well, what if we flip one of the bees around? And I said, that's it. Be like, do you know how often I thought about flipping one of the bees around? <laughs> Boom, roasted. And then we high-fived. And he's like, and that's then he my fell wife. off his chair. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'll pick you up in the morning. By the way, don't forget <laughs> to write that song, Dum Dum Diddle. We got a session at nine. He was like, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. You straighten. Yeah, I see you. Dum Dum Diddle in the fiddle. Pick me up at seven. <laughs> and thus the ABBA logo was born. It was just that they were at a photo shoot and they had gigantic A, B, B, A letters uh-huh. and then i think benny was accidentally playing around and flipped the b they took a picture and they're like oh that's actually really amazing and it became their logo from there on and out. history was made history was mat well i've got nothing else to say i've got nothing i actually have nothing else to say great so you can follow us on twitter at voulezvouscast that's v-o-u-l-e-z-v-o-u-s-c-a-s-t for those of you who are slow with your fingers that was impressive i'm steve you can find me on twitter at there is thunder also on Instagram at There Is Thunder. It's just pictures of my dog, essentially. I am Zach, and I am on Twitter and Instagram as Zach Jones Music. Z-A-C-H Jones Music. It's mostly pictures of Steve's dog. <laughs> I wish. He doesn't. He almost has more followers than me. Wow. Which is fair. He's cute, and I'm just kind of like... He's young. A monster who plays video games a lot. Uh... That being said, this is Vuleva with Zach and Steve. As always, thank you for the music. The songs we're singing. Can you hear the drums from I remember long ago another starry night like this. In the firelight from You were humming to yourself and softly strumming your guitar. I could hear the distant also any of the members of one direction if you want to talk about abba i am i am actually here for you and that's what makes you beautiful steve because <gasps> i don't know i'm beautiful Right. Which is bullshit. If I was right. a woman, I would hate that song and I would hate little things. Be like What's little things? Uh it's that song about like th- noticing all these small things about women, like, oh, you're not skinny, but I still love it. It's oh, a, it's a oh. little bit insulting to the idea that like it's a little bit like uh it's a nicer version of Drops of Jupiter. Okay. Yeah, it's a good guy song. Right. Like, oh, I see things that no one else sees. I'm such a so good guy. Sure. Little things. But Tell me, did the wind sweep you off your feet? A song that also heavily features piano, like the best of ABBA songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Drops Zach, of Jupiter is the greatest ABBA song when you think about it. 